0: And welcome to Racer's Alley, uh, again, Heart of the Mission. And uh, tonight we're going to have some great guests. Uh, boy, we have uh, Carrie with uh, Moto Bird, and she's going to tell us about the business she has about touring. And uh, I'd love to hear more in depth about that. We have Krish Crash ratana and uh, he's a. I met uh I heard about him on the uh, face of a book, and also uh, seen his AFM ads. And uh, basically, what uh, he does is he repairs leathers, and I believe he has a way to actually uh, uh, put graphics on them, which I'm very interested to hear about as well. Milk Crate Brian, of course, is going to be spinning the tunes, and uh, that's wonderful always having uh, real albums here. And I believe Dames Don't Care Emily is going to be in as well and uh, give us an update of what's going on in the world. So uh, yeah, thank you, the Radio, for having us here and uh, Heart of the Mission at Racers Alley. And uh, from here on in, uh, we're going to take about another little bit of a break. Again, always takes us a while to get started here, but once we're here and get going, it's nice and smooth. Right on, right on. Thank you, Brad.
1: That was Hot Snakes from San Diego, California. Up next, we're going to hear from a band from Japan called Teen Generate. Stay with us.
0: Racer's Alley, in the heart of the mission. Uh, thank you, Mutiny Radio, for always uh, having us here. You know, it's a, it's a great area to be, and uh, it's always wonderful, you know, to, to be uh, creative. And uh, Mutiny Radio is about that. You know, Pam Tastic runs, uh, you know, uh, she does her comedy clubhouse on Fridays, and uh, she does a happy hour mics as well, you know. So you can be here between 6 and 10, and you'll get a lot of comedy on Friday. And what's really neat is... Um, she caters to up-and-coming, you know, comedians and people who want to learn. And the joke workshop is actually on Monday between 6 and 8. And what's really cool is a bunch of folks get together and they come on in and uh, they go over lines and try it in front of the folks, get a little feedback. I mean, it's uh, one of the hardest things I can imagine to, to be a comedian. And, uh, you know, it's like uh, it's nice to be around other comedians, I imagine, and be able to share and have camaraderie and uh, also get a good idea what's going on. You know, so uh, I really bow down to Pam at Mutiny Radio, and uh, I love her Comedy Clubhouse. And it's really, really nice of her to have her joke workshop as well, as well as uh, you know, uh, well, really Sunday through Saturday between uh, ten and uh, twelve midnight. There are so many different shows out there, and you know, what's interesting is. Um, the uh, the diversity really, you know, we have our our, our other uh, I guess our sister show Forever Two Wheels actually between eight and ten, you know, on Mondays. So if you wanna wanna have a little bit more informative schedule as far as what's going on in the bike world, we're a little informal here to say the least. Uh, we're getting a little we, we get into the industry uh, folks a little bit more where they they get in the heart and soul of what's going on. So uh, Forever Two Wheels uh, between you know uh, eight and ten on Mondays. Come on in and tune in, so uh, very nice of uh, everyone here to help us out. So uh, shortly here, we are actually going to have some guests right now. I just really want to say, you know, be careful out there. I work at Tokyo Moto, and, uh, you know, we work on all types of bikes except Harleys and uh, basically uh, even some BMWs. But, uh, you know, a couple of our boys have been coming in, and uh, they've been hit by cars uh, on the freeway and, you know, the usual, uh, I want to say Uber and Lyft, Sorry. Sorry, got to name names, you know, and uh, you got to watch out out there because people are getting hurt, you know, and uh, keep your eyes out. I had a guy the other day in front of me pull out going up the street on an electronic skateboard thinking he was a car or whatever you know, but uh, there should be, you know, some common sense out there, but there isn't. So keep your eyes out, you know, and uh, try and stay safe because it's very important, especially nowadays in the city with so many potholes, there's just a lot of diversions. So always assume that someone's out to get you, keep your eyes out, you know, and uh, be aware, you know, so if you ever have any questions, also, you can always come by Motor. I'm there. Or you can always drop by our studio here because, you know, we have enough room for 20 people, you know so it's really nice if you uh, ever have an answer question and answer I, I plan on the future and having a couple of guests here that uh, will be someone that you'd like to talk to whether it be a suspension expert or a motor builder or you know someone that's been around the world it's always nice to have a audience with Q&A's and uh, worse comes to worse uh, if we can't make it you can always call us here at 415-550-0511 you know and uh, from there we can uh, have a conversation you can ask some questions I'm still learning how to find the phone and uh, turn it on here but someone someday i might actually get someone through and we can have a discussion anyhow uh give us a few more minutes our guests should be rolling in in the next 10 15 and we'll have a nice couple hours of uh, discussion right on right on thank you for uh being here at racers uh, tuning into racers alley at uh heart of the mission and uh, thank you media radio for uh, hosting us to racers alley boy uh we have some great guests here tonight and uh, you know so hopefully some great stories as well i mean uh carrie's here from moto bird and it's gonna be wonderful to hear about her tour business and uh dames don't care miss emily is here Arr. and also to give us some insight what it's like to travel around the u.s and uh scotland and ireland scotland ireland england england, england. yeah so anyhow um we will get uh, some nice stories and uh, go from there. So, anyhow, uh, Carrie, welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot to mention we're on. <laughs> so, anyhow, Carrie, how are you?
2: I'm good. How are you doing? Doing
0: well. So, uh, I hear that you're have a. Uh, you a rider. You ride here uh, currently. What type of motorcycle do you own?
2: Uh, right now, I'm riding a BMW F650 Dakar. What year? Um, It's 2006, but it for some reason has 2001 plastic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I saw that bike. That thing's huge.
2: It's not that big.
0: You got wide panniers on mm-hmm. there, and yeah. it's, it's basically, uh, you know, a, a car. And if anyone... Uh, knows about the Dakar. The, it's a race that they used to have, and they still have. Right now, it's actually down in South America. But it's a desert race, and uh, they have to carry everything on them with them. And the bikes are pretty exceptional. They're usually very tall in nature, and they have wide panniers, big old tanks, and a lot of data acquisition, as well as you know uh, tools that make everything work. And uh, have you traveled around on that?
2: I have. Um, I've done... Uh, California, Arizona, New Mexico, Utah. Uh, I take it down to Baja. Nice. And I think that's it.
0: So more, would that be southern areas? More uh, arid, uh, long roads, uh, sand, dirt?
2: Everything. I take it on everything. So down in Baja, I'll take it wherever... The road may or may not lead.
0: <laughs> so uh, for you, for me, it matters. I need some tarmac. So you don't care about that. You just go.
2: I'll just go. This That's bike cool. is pretty, pretty resilient. So I'm nice. very happy with that.
0: So as far as um, mileage, uh, do you have a 200 mile tank? Uh, do you I have wish. a point where you worry?
2: Um, I wish. I I used to have a KLR 650.
0: Okay. And just like me, Brian. <laughs> uh, Brian knows what. Yeah. That that
2: was great. I think I went. I could go 250 miles okay. uh, on a full tank, but this bike, if I'm um, if I'm lucky, I could go 180 or so on okay. a full tank.
0: But that bike has a much more horsepower and it's a bigger motor. It's it's.
2: Uh, it's it's also a 650, so.
0: Was okay. oh, that that Rotax engine 650? Oh, those yeah. are, okay. Those
1: are bulletproof. Okay. Those are great. It's, it's, it's a lot smoother than the KLR it's I bought. It's so bet.
2: much smoother. You just
1: don't suffer on the highway like oh my we God. do. <laughs> exactly. It's
2: incredible. My my riding improved instantly as soon as I started riding it from the KLR.
0: <laughs> nice. So, as far as uh, riding now, I mean, do you ride regularly every day? Uh, do you have a commute?
2: Uh, I commute to work, which isn't very far. It's from North Beach to the mission. So, okay. I can't really complain.
0: For those of you out there, it's a uh, Small city town, but uh, you got a lot of bumps in the way, especially as cars, and literally, there are actually potholes in this city, you know, right on. So, uh, Miss Emily, how you been?
3: Not bad, not bad. We, How are you?
0: We're doing well. <laughs> Bike's running. Just got done racing uh, last week. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is yeah, it was a it was a rather hard time, but uh, we got through it and uh, had Brian's truck. Thank God. And uh, yeah, yep. And uh, he's helped me out more than once. So I'm his official
1: he, race sponsor for the Toyota right. pickup truck. I got a shirt, got the milk crate <laughs> shirt and everything. Yeah, else you're obligated yeah. to wear
0: it in the pits now. Exactly. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna get a picture tonight with all of us, and uh, you'll be able to see that nice shirt.
1: For any <laughs> listeners out there that my organization Crate Cult, which is you know a glorified shitty garage and lower hate uh, location undisclosed for certain reasons. Um, if you want one of my T-shirts, we've finally printed the Crate Cult logo on some black T-shirts uh, with sort of a Motorhead tribute on the bottom, saying "Keep us o- on the road, off the road, on the road, on the road, keep us on the road, keep us on the road." Yeah, it's a you know shoot. we're a home for wayward milk crates. Um, <laughs> we get them and we find them a forever home on the back of usually a KLR.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> (laughs) Especially nowadays with all these delivery guys. It's a great way to actually roll. (laughs) So anyhow, um, boy, Carrie, um, let's get back to you again. Well, what's the name of your business?
2: Uh, My business is named Moto Bird Adventures.
0: And what do you do?
2: I run motorcycle tours for women and their friends.
0: Interesting. So uh, when you say you run motorcycle tours... um, do you have um, predestined routes throughout the year? Uh, how do you plan?
2: Um, yeah, that's the fun part. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I try to have about a trip every other month, so about six tours a year, um, but they hmm. vary in terms of length, riding style, uh, and where we're traveling to. So once a year, I'll go down to Belize. Um, wow. Try to do Baja twice a year and then do a few tours here in california and then the trips range from three days to two weeks Uh, i do all pavement trips and then i also do dual sport rides as well
0: that's great. Holy moly. So you, you actually have an array. It's just not one thing one way. I mean, it really goes from like, um, boy, I mean, for me, I would be in a beginner skill level if you're actually going out there in the sand. I mean, that would be a huge uh, difference in the world. And uh, how do you do this? I mean, do you get a consensus with the folks that want to go out with you and then decide okay, this time we'll go to the desert, or do you decide, okay, I'm doing this, so we're going to do pavement this long in this area, and then from there, people, okay, let's do that?
2: Uh, A little bit of both. So there's a lot that I pre-plan, and then there's a lot that, in terms of adventure travel and touring in general, you just kind of have to be flexible with. Uh, We went down to Baja in October, and... One of the hurricanes had wiped out a road so we just we just changed our plans and went someplace else um so kind of getting a consensus of what it is that folks are interested in doing and making sure i involve some of that in the trip but Mm -hmm. also um there are other things that i plan for specifically to do on the trip so when we go down to baja in january it's specifically to see they have the gray whales down there and the baby gray whales which is pretty incredible um and so that's the definite part of that trip but in terms of everything else you nice. know
0: so um you kind of surprise the folks when you're when they're training with you all of a sudden they'll have something fantastic you know if you can yeah that's great yeah yeah um obviously like you mentioned i mean um uh, i've talked with emily before i mean when you go with a bunch of people and you uh, from a firm from her you know experiences anything can change at any moment and you kind of have to be fluid You know, it's like, uh, so, I mean, that's happened, correct?
3: Oh, yeah. I find that actually it requires, certainly in your position to be fluid, but a certain percentage of the group to be fluid because there's going to be some that are not fluid. Yes. That want the thing.
0: Yep. And they're
3: aiming at it. And you have to gently persuade them
0: personalities it's
3: personality game because i was actually going to ask you um how is that hurting kittens abroad
0: (laughs) (laughs) wonderful question
2: (laughs) it's great um I have a lot of years of bartending experience. Awesome. Um, so <laughs> I help. deal with a lot of dis- different personality types. And I also teach the California Motorcycle Safety Program. And so I'm used to interacting with people on motorcycles when they may or may not be comfortable and learning ways to either mitigate or help relieve stress that they're experiencing. Um, and just me myself being super flexible and and you know i'm i'm not an incredibly strict or you know one way or another kind of a person and and i'm pretty easygoing so i think that also helps set the tone for everybody else who's around
0: yes a, a calm leader yes <laughs> yeah you know, that makes a difference i mean boy you know i mean obviously you can't be angry and all of a sudden that transfers or uh, or even worse fearful holy moly we don't know what we're gonna do now osmosis does happen with the
3: group leader and the rest of the clan so you kind of gotta zen out and
0: exactly
2: calm
3: everybody more than you actually feel inside that turmoil is real always but
2: (laughs) (laughs) and also kind of you know making sure people have the right expectations going into it understanding that when you do travel there are things that you can't plan for or take into account and just understand that going in ahead of time. Do you
3: have to temper your adventurousness ever to go, that road looks fucking awesome, but <laughs> I'm not sure that two of these people can do it or yeah. it depends on who I'm with. Okay. Yeah. So, um, sometimes push, sometimes not exactly. Kind of thing. Yeah. Th-
0: that's yeah. why I was asking. I mean, the, the way you have your trips, I mean, they're definitely steeped in, you know, levels, Yes. You know, so I was wondering, like, maybe the first time some folks go with you and it's like, well, I'm going to go to the next level and I could see that, you know. Uh, where they get excited and already been with you once and like uh, having a good time and then from there go you know well I'll try your second trip and then from there you end up in Belize right?
2: Exactly yes.
0: <laughs> that's wonderful I mean that that's really great actually you know have returned people you know um, when I was a kid uh, sorry, when I started writing a million years ago in the 90s um, I had a dream you know and I read about this in the 80s and it was the Eidelweiss Tours late 80s and I always thought it's like man I want to have a tour business and like that's the life you get paid you know to actually take people around you get the inns you know and idlewise tours they might still be there but the, there's there's a, son, a ton of uh, tour companies now that will really uh, I'm I like to be pampered so yeah they're out there now and uh yeah it's, it's it's wonderful that you have everything pre-planned you know
2: yeah and it's very different from how I travel if I'm by myself
0: yeah um mm-hmm.
2: but it also takes a bit of how i travel by myself and applies it to how this could work for a group and something that you would plan ahead of time
0: well as far as that means that goes i mean are some of your trips like okay if i have the paris to car crowd uh we're camping uh we're fishing or you have other crowds where we're hoteling or a little bit of both
2: it's it's always hotels Uh, okay that's one thing that i do on the tours that i don't necessarily do when i travel by myself Mm -hmm. um in terms of just logistics of how long it takes to break down a campsite and access to everything that we may or may not need and where it is that we're traveling. Uh, it's just easier to have a hotel at the end of the day. Interesting. Um,
0: yeah. I wouldn't have thought that. I mean, Emily, did you, were you camping at points going across the U.S.?
3: Oh, most of it, yes. Most of it. But it's a bitch because, as you know, you might wake up at 6, but you're going to be fucking sitting there till 9 10 trying to get everything back in its tiny pocket
0: oh yeah and
3: you wake up and it's moist out so oh i guess i'll go drag my tent into the sun dry it out yeah. and now
2: and then throw five more people into that mix and everybody has different yep. paces of getting ready two hours later packing things up and wow. the coffee situation coffee <laughs> coffee very important
3: interesting thing
0: yeah so i mean that's something i've never dealt with which you know it's 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 good to hear Uh, other people need to know this stuff especially when they're going out with groups or thinking about that it's think about yourself but other people as well i imagine you know i mean uh, um, everyone has their different personalities but in the end you all got to get along and one little Cog in the machine can really tie things up in a, in a weird sense you know um, I was um, mentioning you know, we were we on our show the other day it just happened to be um, um, folks were out there uh, Don in Baja and you know a, people call it Cry Baby Canyon. And uh, I think you've been there, Brian? Yeah, I was there. Uh, You're talking about
1: the hard way into Mike's. Yeah, yeah,
0: I was there. uh, (laughs) Talking about the
1: hard way into Mike's Sky Ranch. Yeah. Up through the observatory and up a big pile of rocks the size of your fist for 20 miles. Yeah, it's tough. You got to make it through, though.
0: And one person out of the group of seven literally got off his bike and sat down halfway through, and I can't do it. So now you have six guys, you either leave them there to die, or <laughs> now you got to <laughs> deal with his baby ass. And, you know, it's it's very weird, you know, the dynamics of having a bunch of riders together. And, uh, yeah, so you all know. I mean, uh, when you were over in Europe, I mean, uh, you, you you dealt with a few different things. Well, that was a so.
3: show, yes. Mm-hmm. But actually, um, I wanted to tell. I'll make this really brief, but my one experience with a tour company was a buddy of mine who was starting a tour company, and he took us on this ride ride and it was for like he was like just come for free i just want to test it out so we spent about five hours getting from here to inverness in marin which is 45 minutes if you're going <laughs> kind of slow and then um and then jammed up to i don't even know where oh eureka we spent the night then in the morning he put on those ridiculous shoes with the toes on them and it seemed to take him like 30 minutes and then we went out Bro- for
0: breakfast <laughs> yeah,
3: and we, then we went out to breakfast and i'm like oh, dudes we slept in a hotel it's fucking checkout time we should have been halfway up the road by now and so i get it i'm not going to say it was negative because it was super fun hmm. we totally took it out nice. of his hands So we made it fun, but not that tours can't be fun. But um, it was more, I guess, because and like that was one thing. We nobody could ditch out. We were kind of all in it to win it. But then um, when we when I went to uh, Europe, there were seven of us, and within I'd say three hours of London, we were like two separate groups and then we just fractaled up from there so you it's really hard can't to do big out. groups it's like, horrible
1: it's really hard especially if the group's well, over five but i feel it's just like impossible
3: in, but there's a hierarchy the way you do it now carrie so that like there's someone in charge yes that must do people tend to listen to you
2: I, I'm, I'm milking you because
3: i do this on a small scale so I mean, well, you know. names,
0: yes.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah and and i do keep my group small so i'll max out at seven riders oh great which is um, proper yeah, because anything over that, I think, is then I'm going to need extra help and then have to delegate. And it gets yeah. to be, it changes the dynamics of the group and it changes the dynamics of the experience in Absolutely. general.
3: So it's just you as the f- fucking A-lady. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. I was just thinking that. I mean, so you don't have a, a wing lady. Um, you're there. And that being said, well, at one point, you know, it, it's natural to go. I love the way you ride. Do me a favor and help these people out and do oh, the sweeper. You yeah. Know, there's and always strong folks out there. And yeah. You're able to see that and gain confidence and go. And, and, and some you'll folks nod at prefer
2: some... to per, prefer those roles too. There are some folks who I know prefer mm-hmm. to sweep as opposed to ride someplace in the middle or lead. Interesting. Um, and I have one one friend who has gone on quite a few of the tours, and uh, there's been times where I've had to make her work <laughs>
4: uh where
2: hotel reservations <laughs> have, to have gone missing <laughs> and, and i kind of send her out into the wilderness <laughs> to find one. Oh um, yeah yeah it's like, and so that's been great help too
0: exactly i mean yeah. like i said i mean earlier um you know obviously have uh, regulars starting to come which is wonderful awesome. yeah. yeah it really is uh you know it says a lot as well and then from there i mean what's nice is um you start to be symbiotic. You know, there's nothing like being with a group. And on a perfect ride, everyone's flowing with the flow, you know. And everyone's in the same, you know, groove, you know. And that, that, that's always nice compared to being somewhere where you have to wait. Cry Baby Canyon. You've got to get that guy out of there. You know, I was like, oh, yeah. So, you know, that's that's great. You know, it's wonderful. And how can, how can folks find you?
2: Um, I am on... Instagram, Facebook, and I have a website. So all of it's under Motobird Adventures, and the website is MotoBirdAdventures.com.
0: MotoBirdAdventures.com. You know, from here on in, uh, we're going to mention you on every show, so at least we'll <laughs> right. just pass that on, you <laughs> know, just that. like the Danes And <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's really important. You know, we have a, f- a few folks here. Uh, Evan Arcusha, he has a Moto Monkey School and a Monkey Moto School. And um, he's personalized. He, he basically works on with people one-to-one, similar to where you're at. A lot of these folks are, you know, it's nice to have personalization when it comes to riding. You know, fun tracks days. August Weber was here. They have basically one guy to four or five guys out there on the track. So they follow them. Each time they come in, they go talk to them and go, hey, how you doing? You doing all right? You know, it's like everything feeling fine. That being said, you know, when you go out there and you um, have all your folks with you um, uh, on the tour group, um, how does that work? I mean, you all sit back, have a bowl session with breakfast or do you actually end up talking to them and go, hey, man, you know, how you feeling? Uh,
2: uh, it's reading personalities. So some people like their handheld through a lot of things and they want to be checked in on a lot and mm-hmm. they want a lot of help. Interesting. and other folks want to be left alone <laughs> yeah so
0: you, you as so a bartender that, again yeah. you like you read it's like alex is in a bad mood today he's reading his book just give him his beer
3: yeah, yeah. exactly wow that is probably the best resume you could have had coming into this yeah truly yeah. i mean yeah
0: uh, yeah, it's, yeah really it's a reading people and that's a thing i mean motorcyclists in their own are kind of a Subculture that there's a lot more out there nowadays, and um, there's a lot, a lot of folks I think out there have preconceived notions, you know, and uh, they think things should be a certain way. But uh, that being said, I mean, um, it's great that you're gonna, you know, go out there, like I said, with the I always want to do wise tours to actually make that dream reality. And you know, each time you go out, uh, boy. You know, I've never been to those areas, especially the over the sand, but to Belize as well. I mean, how does that work?
2: Belize is fantastic. Actually, um there's a woman down there who runs Alternate Adventures, which is a motorcycle rental company, and she found nice. my company on Instagram and had reached out and asked if I was interested in running a tour down in Belize. Wonderful. Which really didn't take long for me to decide <laughs> yes, of course I want to run tours in Belize. Uh, So we fly down there, and we rent bikes through her, and then we'll go around uh, parts of the country that many folks will never see, which is really exciting. That's cool. No,
0: the the back roads. Yes. You know, yeah, exactly. That's, well, holy moly. That being (laughs) said, so um, the folks that want to do that, they get a hold of you, so usually have a group of seven.
2: Max. Yeah, I, I think we have
3: not clarified and actually I couldn't tell from the website you said like women and their friends is men are
2: is men included. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, the way that works is the whole motorcycle industry is is mainly focused on men. Absolutely. Um, yes. And so what I wanted to do was just kind of provide a service that focused on women. And awesome. it's not about leaving men out. It's really more about catering to women. Sure. And so um, if. If. A woman wants to bring their friend or their partner or whoever that happens to be a guy, that's totally cool by me. Um, and I've had a few men reach out <laughs> thinking that this is the greatest dating service that they Yeah, ever that's what I was of, wondering. Or I mean,
0: obviously, they'd be shut off immediately. <laughs> but I um, mean, um, yes, but also, I would think if like my uh, significant other said, Alex, I'm going riding and it's a girls' ride only and we're going to Belize and you're not coming. It's like, okay, honey. You know, I mean, really, I mean, it's like you said, uh, a lot of these tour companies are male-dominated, just like track track days. Nowadays, they do have, like... Um, races, AFM races over there at the AFM. They all kick my ass just recently, by the way. <laughs> and um, they also have, you know, uh, well, dames have your clubs, and there, there's clubs out there that is like we don't need to deal with certain bullshit in a certain sense. But um, yeah, I have no problem, and that, that's what I thought was wonderful. Carrie is just like, yeah, a tour group, bunch of ladies, you know, it's it's a, it's like a, a different environment because when you, when you add. Other elements, it turns into a different ride. Yeah. You know.
1: And you do put on a co-ed event once a year. You just ran an excellent co-ed event, which (laughs) was fantastic.
0: (laughs)
2: Thank you very much. Yeah. And that's something I think uh, I want to start doing more of. Um, I co-hosted an event that was sponsored by Law Tigers. Um, Mm -hmm. And we went down. It was a choose-your-own-adventure camp out in Carrizo Plain and we Ooh. just asked folks to donate to either MotoFam or Moto Relief Project. Nice. And it was really, really Wow, cool. Really cool event.
1: It was really cool, and I just got to say the tone of it was different than anything I'd gone on. Because typically you're out in like a male-dominated dominant dominated group, and it turns into, who can do the biggest wheelie, and let's climb this hill, and let's do all of that. But and there's having, something to be said for that. Oh, oh hell no. no. I'm not saying we didn't do any of that. <laughs> we but,
2: definitely went down some riverbeds that were questionable. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But
1: the tone was just so much more chill and less macho, and having a good blend of men and women at this event was one of the things that made it really great.
0: Yeah, you know, I was focused actually on, on, on Motorbird and Brian actually mentioned the other day that yes, you guys went on a ride that you actually put on and it was a certain type of off road dual sport.
1: The the Carizo plane oh, ride.
0: Right. I think that's what yeah, he's talking yeah, about.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So explain that.
2: Um it was just it was just a camp out weekend and we chose a spot that um had paved roads nearby that were some really great roads for motorcycles and some off-road riding so folks could kind of choose what it is they wanted to do Hmm. Um, and this was much less structured than one of the tours that I run. We kind of gave folks a location uh, we provided breakfast and then, and maps and information about the area and then sent folks on their way to do whatever it is they wanted to do.
0: Interesting Was there a purpose for this? A A that was it a charity event, or yeah, just?
2: yeah. We just had asked folks to donate twenty five dollars to either MotoFam or Moto Relief Project.
0: Awesome! You know awesome. that that makes a that makes a big difference. Miss yeah. <laughs> Emily, you were about to say something. Well, I?
2: I forgot what it was.
0: Well, goddamn it, that's just that's me for interrupting everyone half the time. Well, let's take a break here for a second at seven o'clock, and boy, we've been rolling for a while. It's a very nice conversation, and Mr. Brian here is going to put on some tunes, and here you go from there. Yeah. We got a little
1: Jesus lizard coming up, um, and I'll try to restrain myself on that new Chemical Brothers album, but it is so good. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to Racers Alley. Holy moly! Chris uh, Tana just got in, and uh, we have Carrie with Motorbird and uh, Dames Don't Care, Dames Don't Care Miss Emily, and Mill Brian spinning the tunes. We have a great house in tonight, and had a great conversation earlier. Carrie at Motorbird and uh, doing tours and um, motorcycle tours. And here's my question, actually. Um, so uh, motorcycles. Um, What do you do as far as uh, all your um, guests have motorcycles of their own uh, as far as local, or do you, in the end, if they don't rent them one, if they're coming from New York? I mean, that's another question. Do you get people from out of the the state?
2: Um, I've had folks from out of state, so I do not provide motorcycles.
0: Thank you. And um, so do they have to get their own?
2: They do. I do work with um, W here in the city.
0: Okay, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, W is a great place to go. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he has everything that you need. Exactly.
2: Um, For the Baja Tours, though, we've worked with companies uh, closer to the border because we meet um, on the U.S. side of the border before we cross over. And so it's just easier to have folks fly down to, say, Long Beach and get a bike down there and then okay yes.
0: so it's all logistics so you just figure it out where everyone wants to be and it's the best, easiest way to do it rather than having them ride over there be all tired and then start their vacation that type of thing exactly nice so w actually if you don't know in the city uh or uh, from our, for our listeners all three of us um yeah w is actually here in the city i believe they're over on uh let's see um
3: Folsom and nineteenth,
0: the twentieth, or eighteenth. Check it out there. on the on the interwebs. Yeah. Uh, they rent all types of Lucy. bikes. <laughs> they do. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they they rent all types of motorcycles, actually, which is really great. And, um, yeah, they're a local. They've been around quite a while. And, uh, obviously, that's great, actually, that they, they help you, actually, carry, You know, that's really, really neat. And my other question, uh, I guess, from here, uh, how do we get a hold of you again?
2: Uh, you can check out our website at motobirdadventures.com. Uh, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, although I respond best to email.
0: Yeah, everyone does that nowadays. No one answers their phone, really. It's quite interesting. which is weird. You know, we are. So anyways, uh, Chris Crash Ratana just rolled in. Apparently a good friend of uh, Miss Emily's, or Emily knows him. It's funny how all our Absolutely. circles.
3: Absolutely. We met <laughs> 10 minutes ago <laughs> while I was smoking. Nice.
0: Discussing.
3: <laughs> His Americana. Ancient history.
0: Ancient history.
3: We don't (laughs) need to go into all this. This is very complicated.
0: So, Chris, um, boy, uh, we just really met through the Facebook book, Mm -hmm. and um, I guess you were a pair of leathers?
5: yeah yeah um i've been doing it for about 12 years so uh wow yeah what, what i like to do is go out to the track and repair you know actual racer suits or you know track rider suits right on the spot
0: you can do that yeah that's incredible so so um afm any track days you know we have our fun track day boys i mean it's very very cool uh, so how do you do that
5: so um i've i uh i kind of you know started about 12 years ago wanting a particular suit and uh then just scooping up all the suits on ebay um using leather machines and you know figuring out which leather paints are better to use on which leathers and stuff like that so so now we have a trailer yeah now we have a trailer and uh we drag that out to round uh round three now is which where we're at with AFM.
0: Well, let's see here. Round three will be at 20, June uh, 29th and 30th over at Thunder Hill Raceway Park with the AFM. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's great. So, yeah. I, I did not know this. So, you're actually out on the track for on repair, you know, yeah, any, anything site. you might need on site. Yeah, You know, I I have never heard of anyone who does that. I've always heard about the metal truck putting your uh, rear sets back together, all that. The boys <laughs> with the welders, the grinders, and you know, the drills. But uh, that, that's quite incredible, you know. Yeah, I
5: used to do a lot of track days. And okay. I would see a lot of riders, you know, duct tape all over their suits and rash, you know, going on the right side, and just didn't see an emergency room, you know, there mm-hmm. servicing any of the suits or anything. So,
0: so figured
5: it was, you know, a need.
0: Well, you I mean uh, for our listeners out there. Um, race leathers nowadays i mean leathers in general you know when i started out they were a thousand dollars i mean that was a uh, 88 and that was a lot of money you know and uh from and now i mean you can get a fine set of leathers for 2000 but you can go up if you want i mean yeah. they, they really um they really uh, get uh, all types of, um, I guess how you say, accessories on there nowadays. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, they, different they're really, metals and, they're and uh, using different
5: carbons
0: and layers, and also, of course, uh, you know, uh, the stars and uh, how you look. You know, the patches yeah. and such, which is really neat. You know, um,
5: yeah, that's another thing that we're doing at the track is customizing the suits uh, right there.
0: That was a big question, of mine. Yeah.
5: Um, printing out patches, Um, we can do uh, straight to leather laminations. Um, so, you know, put the graphics on the leather. A lot of the top brands do that with a lot of the designer, you know, uh, trim and stripes and stuff like that.
0: Okay. That, that was a big question. Uh, you know, uh, Wade has uh, folks uh, out of the country who, will, who just made him some leathers for his uh, Mile TT mm-hmm. uh, two-piece. But um, they they have all the cutout of leathers. Yeah. You have a way of, um, let's say, um, the Isle of Man TT logo. Mm-hmm. You know, the RR. Yeah. If I wanted to put that on the back of my Vanson, you have a way to transfer the oh, yeah. print.
5: Um, yeah, there's a few options we can do.
0: That, that's um, wonderful. How, yeah, so how does can, that work?
5: So we can either do traditional where we cut it, the design out of the leather. Um, or do a uh, transfer print where w- you get a lot more graphics, a lot more colors when you do the transfer print. Mm-hmm. You can either do a transfer print and put that on leather and then sew that patch to the suit. That's more recommended when you're going over seams in, in certain areas yes. or if there's a lot of perforation. There's
0: a lot of back. There's always a seam in the back of exactly. uh, street leathers. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: And sometimes you have a wide enough back where you can fit it there and, and press it onto the leather itself. Um, otherwise, you you know you press it onto another leather piece and then sew that to the leather
0: gotcha so no matter what it's it's, it's, it's a, a three-step process in a sense yeah, yeah okay wonderful so as far as our listeners out there um they can give you a holler. Uh, how do they get a hold of you? Uh,
5: well, we have our website, crashmotogear.com.
0: Crashmotogear.com. Um,
5: yeah, we usually uh, we we sell you know helmets um, and Ooh. all the top brands, all the all the race approved equipment.
0: Nice. Um,
5: and then uh, we also can you know get emails and questions there. Uh, Facebook's a really easy way to get a hold of me if That's you have you. you know questions <laughs> or if you just need any information on maybe how to care for your suit or you know a zipper stuck or it's maybe not closing all of the coils properly
0: yeah because uh, easy tricks we can do i've had that problem and um yeah my leathers i have three sets right now and they're all old yeah uh 10 years at least but uh you know they last and sometimes you have a zipper to replace And uh, just recently i had a patch put on but yeah. uh, that being said um If someone sends you the leathers, do you have a conditioning? Yeah, Like a tune-up. Oh, yeah, definitely.
5: Uh, Yeah, we do a, you know, restore, a recoloring, repairing. Um, At the track, we do a lot of cleaning and conditioning.
0: Get all the bugs off. Yeah, all the bugs (laughs) off. Uh,
5: That's usually a tough one if, you know, the bugs have been there for a few years. It tends to pull the paint. Well, they're
0: in the perforations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the other, you know, the other thing. go there with the pencil. (laughs) Water's
5: really good with, you know, blasting them out and stuff like that, cleaning it. Leather as a textile is just... Is so durable and it lasts so long you know I, I grew up riding around Harleys and trikes and all that and, and nice. guys 40 year old you know leather jackets and still look good you know the, the main thing is just keeping the, the skin the leather skin moisturized because it doesn't have that natural with anymore lot. yeah
0: yeah I mean for a lot of people uh, yeah that's an interesting thing right so
1: what do you do if you're a guy like me that has a really old leather suit I've got an old like 80s Honda line leather suit that I love and it's yeah. old and it's dried out yep. you know i've probably slapped some armor all on there before to try to make it better yep. but for guys like me we drop it off with you and you what do you do do you like condition it yeah take yeah. me through so, the process um, a little bit
5: so uh usually the vintage ones um i try to figure out where it was made what model what era um because the the way the the leather is sort of treated is is being matured and, and certain brands they tend to add a lot of silicone and, and other hmm. other things to the leather um, um, so then once I find out, you know, what kind of leather it is, um, then it's, it's moisturizing the leather, usually from the inside out, if it's really old vintage suit and it's cracking and drying.
1: Yeah. Um, is there that, a point of no return that you have to worry about? There
5: is a, at some point when it's really brittle and, um, it's falling apart, you can sometimes moisturize it back to life. Um, hmm. sometimes the fibers, what it is, is, um, the, the fibers inside start separating, and so when the moisture uh, leaves all of it, they crack, and then they separate, and you can't necessarily repair mm-hmm. them because right. the animal's no longer, you know, uh, Yeah, it's, it's not itself. viable. Yeah. Um, but it, usually, it, I mean, leathers but... can last a really, you know, 40 years. I've just reconditioned a few suits that were 30 years old, 20 years old, hmm. where, um, what you know, what I usually do is when I get it in, I'll do a topical cleaning, just to kind of see what condition the leather's in, then do a little bit of moisturization, and then I'll start working in all the recoloring touch-ups or any repairs, checking oh, wow. all the seams out and all that, making sure the integrity of the suit is is back to where it should be. Cause yeah. that's, that's the main thing in, in leather suits is um, you know, usually it's one hide that it's cut from. So it's it's one animal, you know, one sole. And mm. so when it's all stitched together in the factory, it has a, a bit of an integrity to it. Mm. So whenever anyone brings me a suit, I like to keep the integrity of the suit as it was manufactured and just, you know, add or, or either, you know, repair whatever is needed and then recolor it. And then once the recoloring's is done, um, I do a sealant on the whole suit. And it's an acrylic finisher. Um, uh, what I use is leather paints made by Angela. And so they're specifically formulated to sort of get into the grain of the leather Interesting. and meld in there. And so um, use a finisher on that. And then once the finisher is cured, then moisturize the suit with Lexol and then uh, it's pretty much ready to go.
1: Wow. And what would you say, you know, for our listeners the kind of lifespan of a suit is like how often do you have to bring it in for a tune-up?
5: Um, well, it, mm-hmm. it sort of depends on how much riding you do. Um, I do a lot of work with racers and stuff, so they'll, they'll easily get 20 to 50, you know, track days a year. Um, if you're sweating a lot in it, that's sort of what break down, yeah, breaks down I the suits the most mm-hmm. is pH levels in, in your sweat. Um, some leather isn't compatible with people with really high pH levels. And so the, the leather will deteriorate as they're wearing it. Mm. Um, the best thing to do is to keep it moisturized um if you sweat a lot in like summer's coming up you know um so the best thing to do uh in summer is to moisturize it after a ride just to spray it off with a spray bottle um mm-hmm. distilled water is the best but you know okay <laughs> tap water is fine uh, it's just there's a lot of salt so
1: water alone will help moisturize the suit yeah yeah that's interesting just, just i never knew to, that just
5: to do you know just a, a to get all the bugs off. Get any sort of top grime from the street, because if that embeds itself into the le- into the layers of the leather, when you go to clean it, it will actually pull off the paint. Then that'll expose some of that top layer with the fibers, and then the the wind will just dry it out from the Ooh. inside out, and then that'll cause pitting and cracking, and yeah. So yeah, unfortunately, you know, we we get home from a ride, and it's throw the leathers in the closet. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm the worst. <laughs> I mean, I have three sets now that I'm like uh, they're going to be going your way soon. You know, I have a whole awesome. set of field shears. Uh, My original ones just got really tore up as a first starting racing, but have an old set of fuel shares. And then I have a set of Alpine stars that, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I've had probably for boy, 10 years. And uh, when I I, I was able to race in Argentina and uh, they had their first rain in a drought in the millionaires race day. So I literally got soaked in those leathers, yeah. you know, but I've never had a problem after I, after I got soaked in leathers, they almost feel better. Oh yeah. You know, when definitely. they dry, you yeah. know, it's very interesting, but, uh, yeah, you will definitely see my leathers. And then, uh, I was just able, Wade and Christine, uh, Wade's our co-host who's not here tonight. Um, they, uh, sponsored me a set of Kushitanis, you know, wow. 175 bucks wow. on ebay you know the green yeah. ones that I, have, I happen to be running a great cx six. Oh, oh yeah they're the great best suits. you know yeah, but Japanese leathers Japanese. are great the zipper was messed up like you mentioned so i had that fixed yeah you know but i'm sure it could use i'm sure all three of mine could <laughs> use a refurbishing after you're <laughs> mentioning it so yeah they'll definitely be seeing your way soon because yeah, that's, that's uh, i feel bad thing. for them you know they've been yeah. hanging around for a while and i stopped <laughs> riding for a while that's another thing i imagine you get a lot of Customers, it's like, yeah, I just pulled this out of the closet and it's looking yeah. a little moldy, uh, you know, or, you know. I haven't touched it in a million years so yeah. uh, you get a lot of that yeah, yeah you know? a lot of
5: that um, a lot of you know I've just started writing and you know I've, I've it's been 10 years and I've yeah. grown and my <laughs> suit hasn't cute. grown you know could we do any alterations or any fittings or anything and so that's what I'm you know I do a lot of that too where we'll
0: well it's great get you mentioned suit that
5: and um, like, as you were talking about with the weather uh, rain and how that will sort of form the leather to you yes that's a good way to break in the suits or to at least get the leather to get supple Mm -hmm. So it goes to your shape. Um, and then after that, you'll be able to tell what areas need to be either brought in or brought out. Um, usually I, I, I try to, you know, keep the integrity of the suit. So there's a lot of stretch panels now, Kevlar panels. Well, they've done a
0: lot of things now that way, you know? Yeah, exactly. Stretch panels, put them in non, um, contact areas, make it more comfortable, you know, pliable, non abrasion areas. Nice. um, do you have your own private leathers right now? Do you make them, or no, um, any, you ever to, thought about that? I, I
5: have. Um, what I would probably do is wrap somebody in stingray because <laughs> it has just the best, you know, sliding uh, capabilities. It, really, to me, there's there's a lot of testing that goes into the suits, and a lot mm-hmm. of testing that goes into the CE armor, and so to me i would want to make a product that at least match that here or above and beyond
0: interesting you know, you know so,
5: um, i uh, repairing and doing alterations is kind of where i'm at right now
0: which is wonderful because i mean that's a very niche yeah uh, no one does it i'd like I mean? to get
5: maybe you know a custom suit done and, and maybe make for for some people you know um, if, if they need anything sort of made from scratch You know, we can work on it, it's just, to me, with technology, I'd like to add in a lot of the new stuff, you know, the the super fabrics that we're using, the stretch panels, Kevlar in certain areas, um, 1.4 millimeter leather all, all the way around. Um, and then shoulder Kebrotech fabric for the Kevlar areas.
0: Yeah, that's all armor stuff that I don't understand. But that, that must be what the Jeep <laughs> sounds boys are. durable. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a you know Rossi stuff. Yeah, you know? I mean, good stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> you don't, I don't mean, worry when you're sliding so, down. You know? So that being said, I mean, um, what do you think of new set of leathers are going for nowadays? Are you talking four grand?
5: Um, well, the range Proper? is all over the place, uh, and there's so many different companies out there that That's have the shipped thing. into the market. Yeah, um, the leather quality doesn't seem to be degraded um, as much as it did when the industry did a, a big shift and shifted production all over the, over, the world.
0: all over the place. Pakistan is uh, where a lot of the yeah, leathers went. Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of them
5: went down there. Eastern Europe. Um, And then they started sort of outsourcing the leather, um, like like top brands like RS Tai Chi and Dainese, they would use just in speedy the the top level suits they would use the italian leather or the japanese leather but everything below those top tier suits yeah, was outsourced I can, I can to,
0: see that you know
5: other countries where you know the leather quality it, it doesn't change as much you know the an, on the animal aspect but the processing aspect and what dyes they use and when Second you tier. yeah when you dye leather the the dye sinks into the fibers and that then forms the bond between the fibers and when you're sliding down the road that then heats up and liquefies if you're using you know really water-based uh, dyes or anything like that you just essentially degraded the leather fibers and everything so
0: interesting yeah
5: so a lot of the you know um top tier suits they are lot screen printed on top of the leather and the leather isn't necessarily dyed completely inside Huh. So that's that's usually the separation between that 4000 range and the 1200.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Range. You know, I mean, I've I've had uh, obviously, gone through my leathers and I've crashed in a lot of them, and some did uh, perform better than others. Yeah. I mean, uh, But nowadays, I mean, it's such a difference. Uh, like I said, with new armor and everything. But uh, I definitely want to bring mine to your shop because they definitely need a day at the spa. I, <laughs> you know? I, I would be <laughs> you honored. Know? Just yeah. started going out there. Actually, I, I thank you, A F M. Actually, by the way, let's just give them a kick here, and thank you, Barbara, and uh, thank you, the turn workers. You know, it's all about you guys, and actually. Um, make us keep going and uh, you know if, with, with if it wasn't for you turn workers we wouldn't be out there and uh, gotta remember so we're gonna be out there june 29th and 30th at thunder hill raceway and uh, i guess chris you'll be out there as well for sure yeah, you, know? And, uh, you know and you know folks out there if you uh, are coming out to the show and have any leathers that you actually want to you know um uh, get fixed uh, or have any questions about you know you're there and uh that being said chris if, if we're not at the at the races how do folks get? You know uh, they can get you on the website at a facebook book and then again how so
5: um so yeah facebook um our website and then we also have our shop now in san jose that's what i was at, wondering uh, yeah at the base of mount hamilton the the route to go at mount hamilton um 3113 Alam rock avenue um, nice. we're working on getting all the shop together and, you know, getting all the displays up,
0: but so, you have space.
5: Yeah, we have space now. That's, so yeah, um, that's
0: awesome. People can ride
5: in if they're, you know, heading up the mountain or anything. And, uh, we'll, uh, you know, I'll do a suit assessment. I'll check out the seams just to show, you know, give them an idea of the integrity of the suit as it is.
4: That's great. Um, as
5: well as at the track, you know, if anyone crashes or anything and they just want it looked at or assessed at, you know, how is it going to hold up for me? Um, how are, how did the seams uh, hold out for the, that crash and stuff like that? I can do all of that for them. So
0: well you can also make it look like you didn't crash right yeah that's because if you gotta get home and someone's waiting for you and you see the crash set of leathers you ain't going out again so that might be able to take yeah exactly (laughs) that's awesome those
5: those apex pictures you want to make sure your suit looks good
0: yeah well you know that's wonderful and um that being said you know um I want to, you know, any of the guests out there, you can always welcome to give us a call here and get any recommendations. The show's always on. You can always find us at fm, And, uh, Chris, from now on, you can always get the podcast on this. And, uh, you know, I hope you show up again. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. From there, um, Yeah, um, I'll see you at the track for sure. Uh, We're going to take a little bit of a break here for a second. But, yeah, Chris, we'll have a couple more uh, questions for you when we get back. Awesome. Right on, right on. (laughs) So funny, you you got the guys here and they're talking about uh, scoots and stuff. I want to thank a few of our sponsors here. I got Subculture Racing and uh, Motor Tire Guy, Tokyo Moto, CC Rider, Cycle Toe, Benders, Molotovs. And Moto Hub SF Dima, get out there. Moto Monkey School as well. I was hoping the guys would just sit there and banter for a while, but they heard me talking. I shut off all your mics and earphones, but uh, I enjoyed you guys. (laughs) So anyways, yeah, fun times. They're talking about, um, well, something that uh, officially I don't know anything about, but it's about them scoot thingies. you know. And uh, apparently they've been seen going around the city.
3: Some monsters.
0: Monsters. Apparently plural. Yeah, a few of us. Monsters. A few, a few monsters <laughs>
3: Are going around uh, Using <laughs> Pens or
1: knives. I use my knife And I like to cut the logo No, no, no Theoretically no. You've seen people do that you've Yes, a monster <laughs> Theoretically, yes yeah, Theoretically, and you you've can seen make people. them
3: say Cunt Instead of scoot
0: No kidding Get rid well, of that S know.
3: One O is an U One is an N Boom I just saw one Rolling down the street And as I ran after it To take a picture You saw A guy crossing the street was like, that is fucking
0: awesome <laughs> in this so,
1: city you're whoever like,
0: came up with that idea or people monster. that did yes yeah. all those it's monsters a creative yeah. monster I'd perhaps. love to buy <laughs> a beer for those monsters someday if I ever run across <laughs> them you know. I'm sure you've paid it for Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'd also like to give a shout out to uh, haters of other electric startup technology uh, there's a great guy on Instagram called bird graveyard which is nothing but videos and remixes of them destroying those little <sighs> kick electric scoots Fantastic. when I'm having a bad day at work, I watch one of these videos and I am just cackling. It's beautiful. You see him throwing them off parking garages, setting them on fire, snapping them in half. It's a friend of very mine who excellent. works at
3: uh, a motorcyclist works for SF uh, FD. He said he gets calls all the time to go pick up this those scooters in the bay, and somebody's like, "I saw someone chucking it into the bay," and he's like, "Well, what do you want me to do?" But then. When they're not sitting around playing cards, they go out and uh, watch people throw scooters into the bay and laugh
0: yeah yeah well it's a bet okay it's 10 o'clock three or two scooters uh, that was ironic i know
3: you work really hard fire department people
0: you are but anyhow i mean in the city here for our listeners out there all a few you um san francisco has been inundated and uh, i'm sure other cities as well you know uh, not to be a hater because i said no haters on my show but i'm a producer i hate fucking airbnb so just like those guys we have uh the lime and the scoots and the problem is got a bunch of people there that are usually entitled that tend to get in your way crash and um, just ride irresponsibly I know. I'm a motorcycle rider. I break every single law imaginable. But these guys do it in such a stupid way and arrogant that they're going down one-way street. And the, well, actually, God damn it, I done that. No, I gotta that stop was, talking. I'm such a hypocrite. Oh, All right, was, anyone wait, else? Can I tell
3: a two-second story about that? Yes. A good buddy of ours was standing in front of a business uh, with the owner of the business kind of looking out. It's Folsom Street, which is a one-way street. Well, there was a lime going the wrong way up the one-way street Mm -hmm. in flip-flops, carrying a latte. The way he told this story was, (laughs) ask me how I knew it was a latte. (laughs) So he's going the wrong way, hits a chuckle. They're all over, well, all over San Francisco, really. And he hits a chuckle, goes flying into traffic, doesn't get seriously injured, but he stands up all angry, or he's standing there trying to pick himself up all angry. And a car runs over his latte and squirts him just full on the face with tepid latte (laughs) so he's now soaked and he stands up and he's so mad and he retrieves his flip flops and he goes and slams the scoot onto Folsom on the sidewalk and he's so mad and he stomps away and then he returns 20 seconds later to un boop his card from it. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, generally nowadays, I mean, baby. see those everywhere in poetic justice, unfortunately. So anyhow, uh, let's see, where are we going from here? Uh, Milk Crate Brian, I really want to thank you for spinning the tunes for tonight. It's always a pleasure to have you oh, here. Of course,
1: it's really my pleasure because I love freeform radio like this where you can play anything you want and not have to listen to the tracks ahead of time and you know, pan out on the swear words or worry if you have the license for it. This is just wonderful. I really love internet radio for that reason.
0: It really, it really is cool. And what I ended up doing later is I take a bunch of meth and edit all this with Catholic music. And stuff. <laughs> yeah, so just, I don't know. Saints wow, you are now. determined. Yeah, right, right, right. Is that so? You can send it to your mom yeah. later. Yes, exactly. Right. everything's you're gonna, pure. I'm gonna have to edit yeah. out that
1: Scoot story though. About the meth.
0: Oh, sorry, ma. I'm sure my bias. folks are
1: listening to. And no, that's not me. I don't do that. I don't even know what that word. Means.
3: Is Milk Crate Brian your Christian name?
1: <laughs> yes, yes. It was bestowed on me by uh, Saint Dean of Dean Foods, the patron saint of milk crates.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have a picture here tonight of all of us for once, and, uh, or twice or thrice. And anyhow, uh, we'll have a nice picture of Milk Crate Brian's shirt, which is wonderful. I meant to write a racing, but uh, I ended up getting it dirty the night before. Sorry, Milk Crate. We'll get it on the It sounds okay. like time. a story. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wish it was like that. <laughs> Never try to change your tire for the first time alone but uh anyhow (laughs) yeah anyways uh well let's see chris how you doing brother thank you for coming for the first time it's a wonderful and boy you're so composed like half the time we all get here we need like 10 minutes to chill and Everything you came back and just like right out of the fucking gate, car.
5: Yeah, splitting traffic usually composes you pretty
0: good. Yeah, especially from San Jose, you're yeah. probably coming up with uh what what, what was that? Two eighty is what I took. Okay, nice, I a little nicer. Missed
5: all the potholes on one hundred and one, uh, and yeah, so it wasn't too bad.
0: Nice and uh, currently, so uh, a little bit of background. I mean, you've been riding a while.
5: Yeah, um, I grew up on motorcycles. My dad rode a trike and uh, okay. he fixed bikes and, and built bikes, so. he would tie a rope around me and take me out on his trike and uh, (laughs) ride around town so I got it uh, a little bit of the taste then Um, and then my uncle rode and
0: and stuff like that. So it was in your family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Some accidents
5: you know so people wavered with wanting to ride Mm -hmm. Um, and then when I had uh, kids uh, I had to get a few motorcycles just to get them, you know, the bug to bite them.
0: You are, you are. So that being said, I mean, um, so you've been riding your whole life?
5: Yeah, Yeah. um, Seriously, you know, maybe last twenty years where I've been really focused on learning, you know, techniques and learning how to ride well and the balance of all the all the ergonomics and geometries and all that stuff of it. So.
0: Well, you have an R six. I mean, um, um, how many bikes have you had?
5: Um, I've had. uh, Well, I started building them for a while. Like I was telling you about your ninety. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I got. uh, I've been building. Uh, cars since i was seven years old so
0: awesome so um, you're a motorhead. yeah so moving Gearhead.
5: into bikes was wow okay starter is you know four pounds not a problem um wow. so uh i've i built a ton of bikes um and i've had maybe 13 that i've loved uh now i only have four left so we'll so hopefully increase motorsports that
0: in your blood yeah, yeah that's awesome burning
5: engines really and you know uh, that's great speed
0: and Recent. yeah well i mean all of us here i mean uh brian uh carrie i mean i mean uh actually we haven't even talked carrie i mean when you started writing and you started writing i mean uh, but it's really really cool i mean um i did not know that i would have a hiatus uh i just got back into writing myself after 10 years uh, i stopped yeah. dead in 2010 i was just gone you know um yeah, so it's really weird to be back again, and then have a motors uh, motorcycle radio show about that, and then also I just started racing AFM again. Um, I'm the slowest guy out there, but I'm getting there. You know, <laughs> well, which next is year really, I'll really take nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, it's great to be out the AFM. Thank you again for uh, all the turn workers and uh, a lot of folks out there. And uh, that being said. What was your first bike again?
2: Uh, my first bike was a Suzuki TU250X.
0: Yar, okay. Um, was that a Kickstarter?
2: No, 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 no. Fuel injected. Okay. Brand, it was brand new bike. Uh, the person I was seeing at the time had done a lot of motorcycle riding and wrenching and he helped guide me into motorcycling, and mm-hmm. one of the questions when we were trying to figure out what bike I wanted was, do you want a wrench or do you want to ride? the so, <laughs>
0: uh, Honda or not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, um, from there, you just uh, decided you loved it. And
2: oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting how people get into bikes. You know, I mean, your family did it, and yeah. we still have to talk about that. And, uh, Miss Emily, how did you get into that? What was your first bike?
3: An EX five hundred. Great,
0: bike but that's a
3: story maybe for another week.
0: For it's another not week. long.
3: It's just. That's why I boring. pointed
0: to you. We haven't had this talk yet. Yeah, yeah, we should. All right. Yeah. I'll next, be back. next show. Yeah. <laughs> so, Stay Carrie, tuned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Carrie. So from there, uh, you decide you love motorcycling. Did you ever think that you'd own your own tour business?
2: No, I did not. <laughs> I never thought I'd actually ride motorcycles because my mom had forbidden forbid me
0: from riding? forbade you forbade forbade, forbade. yep yeah. and you can't go out with any boys yeah 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 <laughs> at convent time yeah um, I had to actually move out to get my first bike you know and I did once I moved out I got a bike you know it was got a bike mom sorry you know yeah so it's that's really cool you know i mean uh brian and how, how did you get into this
1: well let's see uh, my first bike was a 1976 honda cj 360 that nice. i bought for 400 dollars on ebay um <laughs> it, it was in pennsylvania and unlike carrie i was not smart and <laughs> i bought a bike that required a lot of wrenching so uh yes. that's probably why i'm always tinkering in the garage I, I mean i swear i probably wrench more than i ride because i <laughs> Really do enjoy wrenching despite yeah. all the cursing you hear yeah. when you're over at my garage. <laughs> and you're
0: really <laughs> that's good that's at what true. you do, by the way. Yeah,
1: yeah. so uh, it was running on one cylinder when I got it, and I had to figure out, you know, points, ignition, and all kinds of 70s technology. Um, and, you know, like you, my parents weren't very pleased. I remember going home for uh, Thanksgiving break. I was a freshman in college, and I had just bought the bike, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to tell my folks. So I sat them down, and I said, Mom and Dad. <laughs> (laughs) There's something about me that you need to know. And it's a part of who I am. And I know (laughs) I know that it's not something you raised me to to, to do or believe in. Uh, And they're sitting there thinking, all right, he either got someone pregnant, or he's coming out of the closet, or he's dropping uh, out of school. uh, And then I laid on him, I said, I bought a motorcycle. Got arrested. And they were mortified still. (laughs) My dad took me the next day to an emergency room ward because he knew a nurse. There and he was trying to give me the horror tour of all the awful things that happen to motorcyclists. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? There were none in there (laughs) because Chicago Uh. doesn't have helmet laws and they just die. Um, (laughs) There you are. And what I learned from the experience is don't play football and never go skiing. Yes. Wow.
0: So they ended up like.
1: accepting. No, no. Um, (laughs) No. My mother's accepted it. Uh, She's somewhat supportive. She helps me sew the knee pads into my Carhartt double (laughs) knees. Nice. Um, My father, if the topic comes up, he immediately changes it.
0: Wow! Yeah. Okay.
1: Straight up denial. I'll
0: give him holler tomorrow. Hey, pops. You know. Oh, yeah. Well, no, this it's is. Like a I've, little... a, I've had that too. You know. I mean, family members. You can't deny them. They're worrisome. Mm-hmm. I ended up disappearing after. You know, they never knew what I was up to. Period. I ended up going one day. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving now. And they go, What do you mean? It's like I'm going to the Isle of Man. And it's like, <laughs> uh, What do you mean? It's like I'm leaving. You know, because I actually didn't expect to get back. You know, each time I went, there's no way I'm coming back. Yeah. So anyhow, it's like, well, haven't you heard me for the past 10 years? I was a racer and everything. I was like, well, we never, ever, we always, we, I'm such a, they don't believe a word I say because I'm Alex. You know, I always joke and shit. I was like, we always thought you were kidding. You we didn't even know you raced. You know, Bob's your uncle on that. You know, so in the end, it's always funny when all of a sudden they go oh, no, he's riding, racing, and some have a denial about that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was at a wedding
1: with a family, and somebody had just very casually asked. They knew I was, uh, I'd traveled to Japan a lot, and the last time I was there, I was riding. So without even thinking, I just launched into the story, which I've told on the station, so I won't get into it, about uh, running out of gas on top of a mountain in Nagano. And my dad was just like, nope, let me change the subject. Let's talk about the
0: church. <laughs> it was like, yeah, dad, I was praying to God in I was and top of It's gas. very funny because he
1: so much wants to listen to the show to hear me on the air because he's very supportive of all my music stuff. I can imagine Cheers him pops. at home just hitting the fader and turning it off whenever we start talking
0: well I'll just tell you you know Pops Brian's the best you know he's helped me out racing if it wasn't him I wouldn't have gotten the last four times racing and last year actually I went every time and didn't finish so it's nice to have a truck to actually be able to do that you know and Pops he even has a Van Halen sticker on his rear window (laughs) which everyone talks about which is really fucking really really cool mate you know so and anyways, means
3: a mean carburetor
0: we're out of time <laughs> and I want to say thank you Mr. Milcrate Brian thank you Miss Carey from Motorbird thank you Chris uh, Crash Ratana. and thank you very much Miss Emily Wakeman from Dames Don't Care and uh, I hope to have you all here again really Definitely. you know it'd be nice uh, now that you know it's a very easy going next time you come in be ready to go <laughs> Might have a coffee or whatever, but we'll uh, have a lot more to talk about for sure. You know, awesome. it's like it's like having a first date. Okay, yeah. I'm cool. So next time, come on by. I'm not a pervert. So I'll go from there. All right, uh, I guess we're gonna be going because we're out of time and we're on the regular uh, go. All right, thanks guys. Thank you for uh, joining us at Racers hey. Alley at Muni Radio and the yeah. Heart of the Mission. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Right on, right on.
6: And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's joke workshop. Joke workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8 that's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop, Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are you on a raft without a patter? the Internet Ocean has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat.
7: <laughs> For all your Space Chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to Tim's Tesseract.com.
6: MeAndMeRadio.fm It's a great place to listen to crazy things Let the life flourish find
4: that common
7: music DJ, vinyl enthusiast, that is flat black plastic. They have a fun time at Pam Tastics deep in the mission where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere ten dollars. And ten dollars, I mean that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for is <laughs> in duty this. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny One of his diatribes I've learned. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome
6: you to the Mutiny Radio Happy Hour. We got two hosts tonight. We're going to start with your host, with the most, Pam Benjamin.
7: Keep that clap going for George D. Smith running your ones and twos tonight. Hell yeah! in the house, killing it. Getting those audience mics up. Putting together all of those awesome beats on the back and making it sound good for our 12,000 downloads. Not to toot the horn, and I know it's like uncouth to lift the veil and be like, this is how many people downloaded in October. But uh, we were like the fifth fifth show out of the whole station, so it was like super awesome. with. And so we average basically like 12,000 people a week download this podcast, which means that like 12,000, we don't know who they are or where they come from we know that they are between 24 and 35 years old and they're
4: usually men so that's what we know that's it that's all we know